Oh, hey, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and thanks for sticking with us. We are about uh, 12 minutes late to the show today. We had some technical difficulties, but Adam and I had the opportunity to talk about how sad we are that uh, the Canadian government is attacking the beef industry, which once again is an attack on um, your health. It's attack on Western Canada as the majority beef producers in the entire country, but it's also an attack on your ability to uh, think clearly because without certain vitamins that are only available in animal products, your brain doesn't work properly unless you want to eat literal pond scum. So that's the thing you can do if you want to get around <laughs> not eating beef, but uh, we'll talk about that later on in the show. I just, uh, we had a very vigorous discussion there. We're both on the same page, but anyways, I should tell everybody what we're doing here. Uh, this is the Rebel News daily live stream hosted by me, Sheila Gunreed, and my friend Adam Sos in Calgary on Mondays. Before we get too far into the show, Adam, how are you doing? I am doing great. No complaints whatsoever. A little rainy outside, but my mood does not match the weather. So all good here. What did you get up to this weekend? I took it pretty easy, actually. You know, it was uh, it was a nice chill weekend. Um, not not a ton going on. Had kind of a busy week last week. So uh, finally caught up on a little bit of rest. Took it easy. How about yourself? Oh, you know, it's farm auction season, which means that I spend my weekends uh, running around paying for things with the company checkbook that my husband bought when he gets caught up in an online auction when he's away at work. And I'm like, what do we need this for? What do we need that for? I don't care how good of a deal it was or how you beat the other farmer to it because there's a high level of competitiveness there. Why does it need to be in my yard anyway? <laughs> anyway, that's that's what I did this weekend. That's what the trials and tribulations of being a farmer's wife. Um, this is... Uh, I guess I'll get into the nuts and bolts of the show. So um, we are streaming on YouTube right now, guys. And what was the other one that we're streaming on? YouTube and Rumble, right? The other ones are not working properly today. Okay, so we're on YouTube and Rumble. We're on the censorship platform of YouTube. Um, there are like almost 1.6 million sets of eyes over there. We don't want to abandon you. And since YouTube doesn't want us there, that's kind of how you get more of us. This is when we start showing up more frequently is when you tell us we can't be somewhere. Um, but if you want to interact with us and if you want to support the work that we do, might I suggest you migrate your eyeballs over to Rumble because on Rumble, uh, you can leave us a paid chat called a Rumble Rant. And that's a great way to support the work that we do here completely willingly, unlike what Justin Trudeau does with the mainstream media when he's like, you know, that stuff you're not watching and it lies to you all the time. Well, you're paying for that. They, Justin Trudeau just reaches into your pocket and gives it to the mainstream media. We um, want you to support us with your own free will. So you can do something called a rumble rant. That's the paid chat. And you can leave us a comment, a question, a story idea. Some people even use it for marketing for their business because they know that I'll say it on air and then people will know your business or whatever the thing it is that you're trying to promote. I don't care. Your money's all the same to me, but it's a great way to support the work that we do here at Rebel News and have your say. So I think that's all. I think that's everything. We're all caught up on that stuff. Let's get into the news of the day, shall we, Adam? What was the first thing on the agenda? You know, what do we want to go with? Do we want to get into all these warning labels and the government's telling us how to live our lives or do we want to talk COVID-19 right off the bat? Let's get into the warning labels before because COVID-19, we might have to cut the YouTube feed. And that's another thing that I should tell our people about. If 
if we get into some of the things that we can't talk about on YouTube, because YouTube is real uptight about certain things, for example, questioning the advice of a public health officer. And I think we're gonna, because Teresa Tam's saying crazy things again. So we might have to cut the YouTube feed before we get to her. Um, it, we have to cut the feed because they'll just kill our channel. And, you know, I, I don't want it to be me. I always kind of think it's going to be David Menzies that has the YouTube channel killed. Um, so we, I guess we'll start off with um, the warning labels. Let's go with the easy one, which is the most ridiculous one. And it is the uh, warning labels on cigarettes because the scary teeth packaging, um, the coughing baby packaging, the people with the missing jaw because of cancer, Apparently that's not good enough. And apparently not enough of, you know, that smoking's bad for you. Although I don't know anybody on the face of the earth who thinks smoking's good for you, but the government has decided that all of that scare, um, imagery, it's not enough. Now, if you get past the scare imagery, and if you get past the education campaigns that start when you're just like an itty bitty person, and if you get past how they put warning labels on TV shows now, that might show cigarette smoking, they're going to put a warning label on each individual cigarette. And I'm a non-smoker. I've never smoked anything, anything in my life. But this kind of stuff makes me want to take it up just to, because the government is telling me not to. Yeah. It like, the thing that's, that's like baffling to me is like a bunch of people, elected officials and otherwise, uh, supposedly professional adults, got together and of all the problems in the world that we have to deal with food shortages costs um uh, mandates for traveling all these things that are going on fuel prices everything they're like you know what we really need you know you know how there's all these levels of warning and everyone kind of knows that cigarettes are bad for you and these cigarette companies pay massive taxes because of their their burden on the healthcare system you know all of that stuff that's already in place and that everybody knows and is super self-evident well we need a big bureaucratic arm of the government to put little warnings on every single individual cigarette which by the way i'm almost certain whatever they use to put those little warnings on the cigarettes is probably going to be carcinogenic because it's the government and they're going to make cigarettes more dangerous than they already are well and if you look at the statements of the addictions minister she basically acknowledges all the fear-mongering. It really, it, it, people just sort of get immune to it. And maybe she should consider this as the government continues to fear-monger us about COVID. Uh, so she says, we need to address the concern that these messages, so she's talking about the scary teeth messages that are on the outside of the cigarette packages. By the way, they put these scary messages on the outside of the cigarettes. They also hide them in the store. So you can't just like go and like see the cigarettes you want to buy or the chew that your husband sends you up there to get. I'm like, when did this get so expensive? No wonder you're sending me to the store for your Copenhagen. But anyways, um, the uh, you, so you go there and you can't see it. You can't pick it out. And they've taken all the flavors away. So you can't even get menthols unless you're going through the airport and getting it in the duty free. Um, so like all the flavored cigarettes are gone, everything's gone, made it nearly impossible for the diehards who are still smoking to continue to smoke. And that's still not enough because people are just still not doing the thing the government wants them to do. You know, if people yeah. know that things are bad for you and you still do it, well, you did your part, step away, right? Like, like they know. But anyways, they say, we need to address the concern that these messages may have lost their novelty. And to an extent, we worry that they may have lost their impact as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's the same thing currently happening with COVID, where you're constantly telling us the hospitals are full and grandma's dying, and we're like, no, grandma's fine. She's gardening right now. Um, it, it just people get fear fatigue, and I think that's what they acknowledge that fear fatigue's a thing. Well, I'm not sure that fear fatigue's a thing that's happening with smoking, but it is a thing that sh- I think is generally happening society wide, on the whole. Yeah. Well, it's subtraction by addition. They're like, you know what? People are really sick of this. Um, we should probably do an effective campaign or some sort of minimalist outreach thing. It's like, what, what could we do that's really tactful and would get the message across and wouldn't just feed into the sort of desensitization to this? As the government, our decision is we're going to put a label on every single cigarette that ever exists. It's just they're acknowledging something and then doing literally the opposite immediately afterwards. And what, the, the, this is for the one person who doesn't buy the cigarettes, doesn't uh, buy the, the pack um, and finds the butt on the street and can see the half burnt warning yes. that is directly on the cigarette. Yeah. How much wa- How much waste is there going to be too? We have to be concerned about the environment. Like, are they going to put little wraps around each cigarette with a warning? The, the ecological toll could be devastating. Uh, so I don't think, I don't think we can do that from an ecological perspective either. She says, the current proposal for the messaging that's going to go on the cigarettes is poison in every puff. Again, I'm not Absolutely. an advocate for smoking. Re- I really do madness. <laughs> I, again, I'm not an advocate for smoking. I just don't care. And I don't think this is necessary. There's not a single person out there who's firing up a dart who doesn't know that that's bad for them. They yeah. made the conscious decision to pay the extra taxes, to pay all the sin taxes, to smoke, I don't care. We already treat these people like pariahs. We send them to like the far off corner of somewhere outside to smoke in the freezing cold. We already treat them like they're lepers. Leave them yeah. alone. This is overkill. But again, yeah. they sort of tipped their hand in this Global News article about, well, the reason they're doing it is because they want to start another trend because Canada was the first country in the world to put the scary pictures on the cigarettes as though you didn't know that cigarettes were bad for the gestating infant, but um, they want to do this again. They want other countries to follow suit. And then they say, look at us. We started an international trend. We're so health conscious. So uh, they see the move builds on Canada's mandate to include graphic photo warnings on tobacco product packaging, a groundbreaking policy that started an international trend when it was introduced two decades ago. So that's what they wanted to hear. They want to be the leaders, even though they're leading on literally nothing. This doesn't achieve anything. Yeah, all their little self-congratulatory pat on the back achievements that are things anyone could do at no cost. And I mean, I'm sure we're going to get this information, but how much are they spending on this? Literally putting the words poison in every puff on every cigarette. I'm sure this is like some multi-million dollar catastrophe with all these high paid, overburdened. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll find out later on that the ink was actually the poison in every puff. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) But I mean, like, like who on earth, no one who doesn't smoke is this, does this affect them in any way, shape, or form? People who do smoke regularly, they're going to see a bunch of articles about cigarettes today and subconsciously smoke more. That's the extent of that's what's making me want to smoke. Like it's having that appeal on me. Uh, yeah. Speaking no, of, no, uh, yeah, okay. let's talk about cows. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. 
talk about speaking of useless warning labels but also unscientific warning labels because this is even worse than cigarettes because cigarettes are actually bad for you and i don't know i describe myself as a meat evangelist um i think people should eat as much meat as possible all different cuts of meat i think your body should be fat adapted because that's how we were um that's how humans best evolved um and yet um the federal government operating on, you guessed it, World Health Organization advice, because they've been pushing this for a very long time. Uh, the World Health Organization actually wanted to label meat as carcinogenic. Now, studies have shown that that is absolute garbage. Um, and actually, the lower your cholesterol levels in your blood, the more likely you are to get uh certain cancers, particularly in men, colon cancer, and particularly in women, breast cancer under the age of 50, when it is the most aggressive, that has been um, directly linked to low cholesterol levels in your blood. And yet the federal government wants you to eat less meat because it will increase your cholesterol. And so we, the society has been sold a real bag of goods on cholesterol levels. And it was the original satanic panic, like cholesterol in your blood before satanic panic came along. It was the thing that like, all of a sudden it inverted the health pyramid. Um, it made carbo carbohydrates and grains uh, too heavily weighted in the food pyramid. And instead of seeing a decrease in uh, cardiovascular issues, We've seen an, a stark increase in cardiovascular related issues, but also insulin uh, driven issues like diabetes and insulin resistance and polycystic ovarian um, problems, all that stuff um, that even arthritis to some extent is an insulin related illness. Uh, I'm not here to give you health advice, but this is just crazy. Um, so um, we've got a Globe Mail article about this, but I pulled up the uh, a Global News. Um, so ranchers push back against Health Canada's proposed warning label for ground beef, and they don't want it to end with ground beef. Because if you put it on ground beef, then why wouldn't you put it on steak? Why wouldn't you put it on roast? Why wouldn't you put it on stew meat? Why wouldn't you put it on bacon? Why wouldn't you put... I mean, the chicken people might get be get off okay, but I think the natural moves and go to pork, um, and then just go from there. Am I frozen up? Oh, you're okay. Uh, a little bit of okay. lag there. So I was. Uh, so, anyways, so naturally, the farmers are outraged because this is an attack on uh, another Western industry. Um, and the Manitoba beef producers, President Tyler Fulton, says a potential Health Canada change could affect consumer demand in ground beef and ultimately farmers' wallets. Yeah, no kidding. So the change would require a high in saturated fat label. Again, saturated fats are not bad for you. That's just a thing that um, sort of grew out of one very flawed study. And again, I'm not here to give you health advice, but I could, I could talk about this all day because there has never been a replicated study that saturated fats are bad for you. Um, and the sticker isn't welcomed by Manitoba beef farmers. It really threatens the viability of hundreds of operations across Western Canada if this were go to go through. So they want to label Canadian beef as though it is a cigarette, that this is poison in every puff, that there's what a a biopsy in every burger coming your way if you get ground beef that they're going to instead of talk about beef as a nutritious superfood 
um, because ruminants are really a wonderful animal. Um, this, these, I mean, this is the government that just decriminalized drugs, yeah. <laughs> hard drugs, and they're slapping Health Canada warning labels on ground beef. What the heck yeah. is going on? Whether or not you agree with me on my meat evangelism, and I know there's a lot of people who don't, you know, I welcome your chit chat in the comments. Light me up. I'm happy to vigorously debate you. However, this is the same government that just decriminalized hard drugs and for actually for the last two years have really been discouraging prosecutors across the country from going after hard drugs at all. It, now it's become official policy in BC, but it has been unofficial, unspoken for at least two years. This is the same government. So drugs, good. Drugs, fine. We'll even give them to you, but you're slapping a warning label, label on the hamburger helper. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's just this is so typical of the Trudeau government, of the liberal government, of progressive politics in general. It just at face value doesn't make any sense. The fact people out there are still going along with this uh, signals to me that it's a cult more than anything, honestly. But yeah. the, on, a, on a sort of meta health level here, the biggest issue, particularly in North America and certainly in other parts of the world, is definitely obesity. Uh, it's the yes. leading cause of death in so many fronts. And what you have to do here everything to some extent a tomato is a carcinogen like everything can theoretically bring about cancer it also has benefits that can counteract cancer that's part of how uh how living works like your your cells reproduce sometimes they misreproduce growing living evolving doing all of these sorts of things um there's there's a risk so so this Theoretical, it's a carcinogen thing is true of being out in the sun for 10 seconds, picking up your cell phone for a second. Now, the, the extent of it, debatable, but it's not as dramatic as you think, certainly on the front of, of beef, nothing like cigarettes, certainly. But yeah. the thing we have to consider is if they're telling you, oh, make sure you're not eating beef and reduce meats <laughs> and do this, that, and the other thing, if you're then switching to which, which debatable science at best on you're then switching to grains and carbs and sugars and all this other stuff it's all the to same fill, <laughs> to fill your diet yeah it's all the same thing it's carbohydrates uh, once, yeah. on a macro level so once you switch to that sort of dietary uh shift you are almost inevitably barring having like the most extreme like vegan bodybuilder protein source diet which is almost impossible it's and impossible. we don't have the we don't have the right amount of stomachs to do that effectively um you're you're going to be garnering some of the negative outcomes of obesity or or lacks of proteins or other things amino acids there's going to be negative outcomes that we know for sure not are theorized by some coop uh, world economic forum theory uh, this is this is things that we know will happen and have known forever. So these warning labels on beef, it's like, well, make sure you don't go out at all uh, because that you could get a sunburn and that can cause, well, the, we know overall the health benefits of being outside versus being locked in a dungeon are substantially outweighed. This is a similar situation. Absolutely do not. I mean, in my opinion, again, not giving medical advice, but the sentiment that eating meat is dangerous is absurd. And unscientific. We saw this, like you said, the, the satanic panic. Remember when everything, all butter on popcorn switched yeah. to like seed oils um, and then that made everybody super sick and then they went back to, oh, maybe we should just have butter on everything again or butter simulant or whatever. That, yeah. that it was unscientific. Same thing, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they, they held off for so long in the United States to switch to, to uh, putting their chicken in 
uh, seed oil variant, like canola oils, whatever other oils are, to fry it. And eventually they were forced in the United States. And then like six months later, the United States dropped their sort of requisite for that. And they were eventually allowed to return. So for a while, but they were saying this isn't scientific and nobody wanted to hear it. The government tried to force it through. That's what we're seeing again. Um, I hope people go and buy a bunch of beef just to make a point if they slap these on here. Yeah, you know, and again, looking at the macro issue, if you don't want to take dietary advice from me, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> perfectly fine. But there are some things that you can only get from animal products. And so I'm very, except algae, which, um, I mean, if you want to eat algae, that's fine, but I would much rather eat a steak. And one of those uh, things is DHA. And that is uh, an acid that is essential, essential for your brain. If you don't have DHA, it's why they fortify baby products with DHA. If you don't have DHA, your brain, your brain atrophies. It doesn't work properly. And many scientists have described DHA as the human consciousness amino acid. They haven't quite figured out how it does the thing that it does in your brain. But if you don't have enough, they say this, it's the thing that makes human consciousness possible. And so when the people from the World Health Organization are saying, you know what, you probably should eat far less red meat um, or doing things like this to discourage you from eating animal products. Your bodies are designed to eat animal products. As Adam points out, you, we don't have the kinds of stomachs that other um, primarily vegetarian animals eat. We just don't. We are, are Certain parts of our stomachs aren't, or our digestive tracts aren't long enough to do the things that it needs to do. Um, but when they're telling you to eat less red meat, I worry that it's to make you a, a compliant and pliable human robot, just a, like a meat suit that they can control that you don't ever uh, question any of the things that of the things that you see around you. Your brain can't work properly without DHA. DHA. We know that. We've known that for a very long time. Well, it, it's so interesting, particularly not to make everything about this, but to bring in the sort of Catholic angle. We have like St. Thomas Aquinas talking about red meat sort of stirring the passions and making you sort of bold and resilient. And that's why some <laughs> some days, some days you take it off, so you're a little more sort of docile. I mean, it's not at all shocking to see the World Economic Forum being like, hmm, these like freedom-loving cowboys and truckers sure do eat a lot of red meat. They seem yep. pretty ornery. We should, uh, yep. we should take that away, give them some soy, and uh, maybe there won't be any more blockades. Yeah, society's emasculation plus taking yep. away your critical thinking all at one time. Fancy yeah. that. Um, we should move on to the next thing. What's the other thing that's on our in our YouTube headline, because we have to touch on those because then I get the emails from yeah, the people who uh, say- Oh, oh Trude Trudeau's, uh, that's another thing that's COVID related. I don't even know if you have an article here linked yet, but uh, Trudeau's tested positive again, apparently. Again? Yeah. Is he in trouble for something? Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say, what's, yeah. What, what did he do now? What did, uh, who's he in trouble with? I don't know. Um, I feel like we're going to have an interesting rest of the day because usually he tests, tests positive for COVID uh, when he's trying to avoid work, which I mean, that's fine, but also controversy. You know, it's, it's so interesting that we, I was laughing because there's like the, there's a bunch of memes out there about how it's impossible to determine a Justin Trudeau's position on masking. 
because he'll be at a podium alone with no one around him and he'll take off his masks and sanitize. Um, and then he'll be sitting around a table with 50 people or world leaders in close quarters unmasked. Um, it is certainly interesting that when they call for an increase for the, for the sort of terminology of fully vaccinated that on that day, he has a positive result. Um, so that, that is very He's interesting. Triple vaxxed. He's tested positive twice. And yet, people who have natural immunity can't get on an airplane. Yeah. Despite the whole... This is a dungeon of a country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is the wild thing, is the whole world has... Like, as the whole world's moving on, and I'm not discussing uh, official health guidelines, I'm just stating the whole world, everyone can travel freely. The United States just last week drop testing for people flying. Of course, we can't fly there or unvaccinated people can't fly there because they can't get on a plane. You're welcome to land and there's no screening in the United States, <laughs> but you just can't get on a plane in Canada in order to go there. Um, and, yeah. and, they're, and then with Theresa Tam's latest announcement, they're just doubling down on this. They're not, they're not emulating what the world is doing, matching what the world is doing. Even kind of prime World Economic Forum, UN, EU countries are... I've dropped this and Canada's in a league of its own. Um, let's go to Teresa Tam. Um, and, but I think we could probably just broadcast your comments and then we'll, we'll just see where the conversation takes us if we have got the YouTube feed, but uh, let's bring yeah. up Efron's tweet about Teresa Tam, chief public health officer of Canada. We cannot question her because she is the Pope of public health in Canada. And she has already asked the uh, the powers that be, although I'm pretty sure she's the powers that be for upping the vaccine passport, I guess, for transportation and rail to three plus doses. So that she wants to redefine what it means to be fully vaccinated. Let's see what the vaccine goblin has to say. Now you're, so you think we should up the, the mandate to three to four doses or just transition to recommendation? Um, that would be so great. So I think together with the chief medical officer, we already recommended that people should get up to date. So yeah. that is a bottom line recommendation is depending, of course, on your age, your risk status. And according to the recommendations of NACI, we're going to give this a, a push towards the fall as people gather and resume full activities. So that is really my position. And mandate is a policy decision that takes into account many different factors. And it's up to the policymakers at this time to make that difficult decision. But I would always be going with recommending up to date. The difficulty I think right now is that the federal definition of vaccine mandates is, is, is for administrative or travel or other purposes is not up to date. <laughs> and um, I am encouraging everybody to adopt the uh, definition, however they look at the policy, to reflect the up-to-date uh, need to, protect, to have the best protection. So she wants us to be as vaccinated as Justin Trudeau, who's currently sick with COVID. Just so I get yeah. that straight. <laughs> and I, even there with the whole up-to-date thing she's like well it's going to be four next week and five the week after she's like i'm not going to like exactly pencil it in it's like we'll just keep changing it and then up-to-date will be the new uh 
Like, because I remember it was jumping from one to two to three to boosted. Yep. To now it's now the new terminology that that they've made is up to date. Up to date and fully update. vaccinated. Yeah. Fully get the vaccinated. latest. Get the latest update on your device. It's just as easy yeah. as jumping into a formula pharmacy and get the latest update. It'll be up to date. But uh, you so know what? We no knew question. this was coming. We know the feds are going to adopt this because. Uh, they're going to say, well, Teresa Tam told us, and she's an, a completely apolitical bureaucrat with only the country's best interests at heart. And she told us, so that's what we're going to adopt. And so the vaccine mandates are never going to be lifted on planes and trains, particularly when they bought over 200 million doses for 2022 and 2023. They got to do something yeah. with those. They have to force you to take them. And I think this is how they're going to do it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope whoever is the next conservative leader and hopefully the next prime minister unceremoniously fires that woman. Just says, yeah. walks right in there and says, get your stuff. You don't even get a box. Whatever you can carry, get out of here. You've done enough. But she's yeah. earned enough that if she leaves half her stuff in her corner office, that she won't even skip a beat. She's destroyed enough lives and hurt enough people whoever becomes the next prime minister has to just grab her by your ear and walk her out the front and tell security, well, never let her back in. The amount of times that either herself or Dina Hinshaw are asked basic questions. I thought you were going for the vodka there for a second, based on the conversation. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her and Dina Hinshaw have been asked, like whether it be in court or in interviews, very sort of straightforward questions that you and I would know the answer to. <laughs> it's, it, and they just don't know. Like they, yeah. they don't know the basic facts. And I don't know if they're lying or they're just that bad at their job. But for Look, the, salary, or the facts, the facts require them to admit that they've done something terrible. So they yeah. just can't get there. They can't say, yeah. yeah, I destroyed that poor man's life. Oopsie doodle. They can't do that. They say, yeah. you know, like we we weighed our restrictions with civil liberties and decided to take the lightest approach possible. Um, to get everyone will, up to date. <laughs> yeah, to get everyone up to date. And it's like, actually, you know, you just destroyed the restaurant and personal care industry. You did that. But they can't ever say that. They say, oh, we tried to balance civil liberties with health of the public as a whole. And then they that's all they say. But you they can't because the facts are so damning. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's shocking, and it's both like it's both immoral, but also inept on such a fun, fundamental level. It's 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 some degree of both, probably a lot of both. Um, but for these people to be commanding these giant salaries that they're commanding while generally failing, and also now, I think just based on what the entire rest of the world has done, very early on, Canada was just sort of following the lead of other countries. Now yep. they're trying to be leaders, but they're 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 what they're doing is trailing behind and being stubborn. It pretty clearly seems like a bit of a vendetta um, from Justin Trudeau, who was, I think, rightfully embarrassed um, by some truckers and some other folks out there. So, uh, yeah, very, very troubling to see. I think that's what really settles in for people, though, the fact that people still can't travel, leave Canada. It's very much like a prison country. You can, If you got out of Canada, you can fly most all over the entire world. You get it. <laughs> yeah, your life would be entirely normal. You just cannot leave Canada. And I think most people around Canada, at least, or even most people around the world, 
don't understand that. Um, the threshold for concern over government should have been passed for Canadians a long time ago, but I think people are very docile, not eating enough red meat, and uh, willing to uh, willing to kind of go along with absolute madness. Um, and with uh, Jagmeet Singh, despite the fact that on social media he's keen to twit uh, tweet mean tweets about Justin Trudeau and criticize the Conservatives for holding up uh, Justin Trudeau, he is literally in this coalition government running the country. We don't have an opposition. We don't have a sane counterpoint in this country. Justin Trudeau, despite being extremely unpopular and getting less than 20% of the vote, um, and probably he would, would be even lower now, he's running the country like a like a, like a a ruler, a king, a megalomaniac, and it's extremely, yeah. extremely troubling. Well, and the rules don't apply to him. They just no. apply to the rest of us. And I think this takes us into uh, Efron's other tweet, Prime Minister Trudeau, when called out for not following his own mask mandates during his travels with world leaders, because as you know, the science, it changes from country to country. Uh, Canada re remains a dungeon planet or a dungeon country, but you can just, you know, go 40 feet that way in Windsor and things are a lot more free. Or, you know, you can hop on a plane and with the same people, Go to the UK, get off the plane, and life is completely different. So let's hear from Justin Trudeau trying to justify his own hypocrisy. Your government continues to support mask mandates in the House of Commons and in federally regulated places like airports, for example. But it appears that you wear a mask inconsistently and depending on different situations. The Ontario government is lifting the remaining mask mandates very shortly. Do you still believe that a mask mandate should be in place? And if so, in what types of situations? First of all, I understand how tired everyone is of the pandemic, of the different rules and restrictions that we have to go through. But so most people understand that this pandemic is not over yet. We continue to see our hospitals filled with people suffering tremendous consequences. We continue to see more spreads. We continue to run the risk of new variants. And every step of the way, we will continue to be guided by the very best science we can because our first and primary responsibility is to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep people safe. You know, Not he an didn't answer. answer the question. He didn't answer the question whatsoever. As soon as the question was asked, you could see, uh, I think it's Melanie Jolie, she does this. Yeah. Your government continues to support mask mandates. Oh. Yeah, like she knows, oh dang, they're gonna ask a question about masks and the two of us are standing here without masks. By the way, Justin Trudeau sounds very congested there. He was probably positive for COVID as he was standing there right next to Melanie Jolie, but he's allowed to fly around with COVID because he's one of the biomedical privileged people and the perfectly healthy people who just haven't gotten the vaccine that I don't think I'm playing fast and loose with the facts here or saying anything that's untrue or questioning. His vaccine obviously didn't work because he's had COVID twice. Actually, all three of his vaccines have failed. Um, and so he's standing there. Hey, it may have reduced the severity of outcomes. Yeah, well, he's standing there congested, uh, being asked about masks, and he still can't even answer the question. Like the question hey, was, hey, why aren't you wearing a mask right now if you're so uptight about it at home? That was the yeah. question in a roundabout way, and he still didn't answer it. He never does. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I miss the era of PMs getting booted out over eighty thousand dollars scandals. This guy's just ridden with with scandals, and he never answers a question about himself, 
Um, he's so narcissistic and self-obsessed that he, he assumes any question directed at him is sort of at fault and he's going to highlight how great a job he's doing. It's like a robotic, he needs some more beef too. Um, it, it's like a robotic like response from an evasion machine that's not very intelligent. Uh, why aren't you wearing a mask? He could say, listen, there's certain circumstances, you're on camera or you're making sort of things. Um, I know it's not ideal, but there's a million sort of sensible answers. But he literally is saying, well, we're gonna continue to follow the science. Well, even if your science is you should wear a mask, which I don't necessarily agree with, but if that's your science, you're saying we're gonna continue following it, listening to it, but you're not doing it, which brings you back to the original question. If you're pushing masks so hard, why aren't you wearing a mask yourself? But he, does, he just won't answer questions. He's not accountable. Um, the no. amount of times, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and the media is fine with it. Like he can totally yeah, oh, yeah. just dodge their question. They're like, ah, oh, good answer, good answer, yeah. yeah. I, before before my rebel days, I did this video and it was a one question being asked to Justin Trudeau 23 times. I think he got five or six million views and yeah. it's just him not answering a question literally 23 times. And it's different MPs uh, from the Conservatives asking the same simple, very straightforward question. And he doesn't answer it 23 times in a row. Um, the fact that the media has been fawning over this guy um, and they, they don't want him to be accountable in any way shape or form because he's giving them this handout is part of the reason why it's essential that we're here rebel western standard true north some of these independent outlets that are actually willing to do journalism because ultimately that's what we need right now we need this person to be accountable and when someone thank god asks him a real question like this which is pretty rare he tends to get a lot of fluff someone asks some real question like that that non-answer speaks volumes and people see it yeah. And the more he funds the mainstream media, the more he fuels the demand for us. So yeah. <laughs> like, he just can't put that, put that together. Like giving them yeah. money is the reason people need us to exist. And it's the reason people give us their money in support and they share our content and watch our content and buy our subscriptions is because he's giving the mainstream media money because they can't trust a polluted, contaminated mainstream media uh let's let's go to one last thing on the liberals and then we'll i'm we'll go to chats maybe if we have a few um let's go to the treasury board story yeah because oh, can we can we talk briefly too about this global news toronto thing the pride advice for kids okay let's, let's quickly hit the quick, treasury quick, board quick, yeah yeah okay we'll hit the treasury same, board th we'll same theme it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So inflation's out of control. Young people are never going to be able to afford a house. Um, I just saw an article the other day saying that I think it, it's like 25% maybe or 45. It was some outrageous number of people who are going to see a, a huge increase in their uh, mortgage payments because of um, interest rates just going right up. But gas is out of control. They're labeling the beef. Um, which are going to put beef producers out of business, which means there's going to be less beef in the marketplace, which means your groceries are going to be more expensive and they're raising the carbon tax and the treasury board, the treasury board. They've got lots to do. They're focused. Tell me about the important issue. Like a laser beam. Laser focused <laughs> on, what is it, Sheila? The treasury board is lecturing Canadians about the use of pronouns in emails. In a tweet, the Treasury Board accuses Canadians of making assumptions and having implicit bias about others. Determining how to address someone you don't know by email can be tricky. No, I've actually, I send a gazillion emails a day. It's never been something that I'm concerned about. Assumptions and implicit bias may lead you to unknowingly misgender the recipient. What does recovery, recovery, 
well, that's an interesting use of that word. Look like in this uh, situation, check out this example the tweet claimed. Let's uh, let's watch this stupid video. I'm sh- you know what I'm gonna do after I get off this. I'm going to file for access to information. I want to know everything about this stupid tweet. I want to know who they paid to do it, who sent it, who thought it was a good idea, who, where they're the treasury board. Obviously, they need to fire 50% of the staff at the treasury board because they have too many bureaucrats there, if this is what they're worried about. But let's watch um, this little video that the treasury board attached to their tweet. Mr. Alex Diaz, okay. But the bio picture looks like it did. Thanks for telling me, Alex. I appreciate it. That was horrible. How is someone going to recover? Sure thing. I'm adding pronouns to my email signature to avoid this in the future. Alex D has pronouns she, her. Everyone. No, everyone doesn't use pronouns. Well, if the Treasury Board keeps it up, we're going to have to change our pronouns to unhoused and broke. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if they could make life affordable for men, women, whatever the heck you identify as, uh, instead of worrying about this uh, email exchange. Um, I'm very sorry for people out there whose name is both masculine and feminine sometimes. Um, But uh, yeah, I think the Treasury Board has better things to do. Uh, Speaking of sort of kooky things along this this vein, anyways, um, let's talk about grooming. Let's play that. Let's just play this clip. Um, and then react to it and then get into chats. And then we'll get over yeah. here right away. I know we got busy days. Oh, I think we were thinking there. We want to try that again. Trouble in world's LGBTQ2 communities to celebrate the freedom to be themselves. That's right, but gay pride is more than just a month filled with rainbow flags and parades, and there will undoubtedly be some questions from children. So for tips on how to approach these conversations, we're joined by our parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Good morning, Allison. Thanks for joining us. You bet. Good to see you again. Allison, such a big topic and an important one as well. So as more and more resources are made available, which is very helpful, more youth are exploring, in some cases, really defining their sexuality and gender. Now, in the past, many have waited until adulthood. Uh, now, so even if a parent doesn't accept or agree, because we know that that is a big, big, big situation as well, mm-hmm. what are the do's and don'ts when having this conversation? I can't say enough, Anthony, how important it is that we really need to be supportive when our kids come out. And it's almost embarrassing for me to give you this don't list, but maybe it'll be eye-opening for some parents who don't know how tough this journey is for some kids. So in the don't list, I would say don't physically hit, slap, or be abusive, physically abusive to your child. This happens all the time. But neither do we want to be verbally abusive. So some parents will use a lot of shame, that you're a shame on the family. Um, We don't want to use anything that stimulates emotions of shame at all. You don't want to uh, block access to their uh, LGBTQ2 friends. It's, it's, uh, they're not a bad influence. It doesn't rub off. They need support. They need community. So let them have access to their friends. 
don't ask them to hide it from their other family members. They may have come out to you, um, but you can't say, don't tell grandma and grandpa, don't tell aunts and uncles. They need to be who they are. They need to come out at their own time and pace and uh, on their own timeline. Um, so don't ask them, don't tell them that they're, you know, a sin to God, um, drop all that. So let's go to the, the, the do's, which I think are much more positive and we probably need to know more about get educated yourself and help your child find some resources, be accepting to whatever name they want to be called by, what pronouns they feel comfortable being called by. How don't, uh, tell them that they need to be more masculine or feminine, support them in how they want to dress, how they want to do their hairstyle, advocate for them. So make sure that whatever environment they're in, schools, clubs, et cetera, that camps they might be going to, make sure that those are supportive and inclusive environments and make it mandatory that everyone treat their child with respect and stand up for them if they get mistreated. And wouldn't we say that about any child in any situation as their parent? That's right. And uh, Pride Month is a time when communities all around the world come together to support the LGBTQ2 and celebrate their freedom to be themselves. So for young kids, how can it, how can parents explain the significance of it all? Right. So, Candace, again, a lot of parents get nervous about this because maybe they haven't had the talk about the birds and the bees, and that's mm -hmm. a difficult topic for them. And, of course, now we have this uh, great publicity happening all around the city. I would say, really, parents, we just can say to them that this is a conversation about every single person deserves to be their own authentic self and that they are worthy and lovable for who they are and that this is a celebration of diversity and inclusion. And so you can point to the flags to a young child and say, look at all the lovely stripes in the rainbow. Mother nature is natural in all of its diversity and inclusion. And we want to make sure that every single person on this planet has the same opportunity to be themselves and to be loved and included. And that's what this celebration is about. That's good. I've had you enough know, of this bigot who makes yeah. very bigoted assumptions about parents who don't think that three-year-olds should be determining their gender. She starts yeah. off by saying, don't hit your child. What a bigoted assumption that people who are socially conservative are automatically violent to their children who exhibit gender uh, dysphoria, dysmorphia. I don't know what the right word is, but people... Kids who are confused about their gender, thanks to people like this so frequently, um, that they would somehow abuse their child or unlove their child because of it. This woman is an absolute bigot prattling on about diversity and inclusion and acceptance. She's the last person I want to hear from about acceptance. And the sin to God line clearly targeting yeah, a Democrat, exactly. no doubt. You know, I the, the, the line where I said, just stop it there, She's like, everyone deserves equal treatment. I can tell you something. If I uh, went outside fully exposed or you uh, went for a march topless as a conservative down the street, um, you'd be arrested, ticketed, so would I. Um, what, what this is about is equal and fair treatment. And when children go to a pride parade, and at a time there was like the Stonewall sort of pride standing up against abuse from police, that was a different animal altogether. Yeah. Pride parades today are conduct on streets that should not be allowed on streets. Um, similarly, if you look at some of these drag shows, particularly some of the sort of stripper vibe drag shows, parents are dragging their kids to this and having them put bills and thongs. That conduct, if I would be, it has nothing to do with gender or LGBTQ, whatever the heck you want to call it. I mean, even the, the caster there stumbled on her two LGBTQSA um, alphabet uh, attempts, but 
it's standards that would not be acceptable regardless. It's a bigotry of low expectation. They're saying, oh, the reason yeah. you're opposed to this is because you're opposed to uh, this, this community. It literally has nothing to do with that. It's entirely about age appropriateness. Like drag and strip joints are not appropriate for small children. And when that anchor says, well, how do we bring this up with little kids? Little kids aren't thinking about sexuality. They're yeah. like, I'm going to be a Power Ranger or yeah. I'm, I like the Wiggles. Um, I like Emma Wiggle. I like Anthony. That's the extent of their sort of experience. You are sexualizing them. You're grooming them. Little kids sometimes jokingly say, oh, I'm a girl. Ha ha. I'm a boy. Ha ha. That happens. They play these games. To, to latch on to that and feed into that sort of play, which is completely normal for children, and then to bring them to events that are entirely inappropriate, like let's say a drag show or a strip club or any of those types of things. Opposition to that has nothing to do with hatred, nothing to do with not accepting the individual, nothing to do with not being a loving parent. In fact, what she's advocating for going along with all this and asking no questions, it's ironic that she's considered a parenting expert because she's effectively saying, don't parent your children. Let them yeah. go into whatever and wherever. Let them be exposed to people who might be grooming them, um, who are exposing them to age inappropriate ideas. Um, that's sick. It's just sick. Yeah. Her answer was don't protect their innocence. And if yeah. you do, you're a child abuser. I guess yeah. anybody can call themselves a parenting expert these days. I want to see how her kids turned out, by the way. I'm curious. You, know, well, you, you, you hear, see these, you see, you hear these parenting experts. And I'm like, oh, when you, how are your kids doing? Well, look at Kathleen Wynn and Ben Levin. He's a convicted pedophile. Kathleen Wynn moved her partner into her house and moved the husband to the basement. Her own kids in an interview said, I don't want to be part of mom's experiments anymore or something along those lines. Um, so all these experts who are forming education and advising on how to address issues, um, they have pedos writing curriculums and they're dragging kids out to drag shows and stripper shows. Yeah, so Andrea, Andrea Horvath's kid's a bit of an oddball too. I don't know if he's been up to no good, but he just is a bit interesting. He's a real feast for the eyes. Um, anyway, we should uh, get into some of these chats because we're after yes. 11 and um, I have some things to do here at 1130 our time and uh, I yeah. know you do too. Um, Judah Bercy or Judah Bercy gives us a buck. Great. You are back like you both. Well, thank you so much. Shucks, Fraser Fraser McBurney, our Caps Lock love and friend from Hamilton, who is a Fight the Fines recidivist and a, well, he's not a professional protester, but it's a real labor of love for him out there every weekend. Because it's five bucks and says, you do know that smoking pot has more, more carcinogens than cigarette. I think we just all generally know that like things are bad for you, like certain things are bad for you, except for, you know, the, the lies that the government has told everybody about carbohydrates, by the way, just further on that point, I was looking at the cereal yesterday. Cere yeah. The lies gotta go. Exactly. I was looking at cereal. I was picking it up because I was trying to like articulate to my kids about how to read a food label. Cause that's something that they don't tell you what to do. And yeah. you could have nine, nine chips, Ahoy cookies or uh, a bowl and a half of cereal yeah. with milk. And I was like, and the kids always have the big, huge bowls of cereal, right? Like they never yeah. actually have like that three quarter cups of cereal. No. Um, and I'm like, you guys realize that at the end of the day, when this gets into your body and like kicks your, uh, 
your pancreas right in the face, that it's all the same. <laughs> like it's all the same. Nine yeah. chips ahoy or healthy whole green cereal. It's all the same. Yeah. Magic spoon. I'm not I'm not paid to advertise for them, but I eat so much of that keto cereal. Yeah. Uh, Shauna Marie G 83, 10 bucks. Nicotine is protective against COVID. And for those that look at the, who took the jab and lost their sense of taste and smell, if they choose Nick to nicotine gum, it will return. I have no idea about this. I don't know anything about smoking except the government really doesn't want us to do it. And I've never done it. Um, wonder why they want people to quit smoking. You know, you would think that the government that reaps so much tax revenue from smoking would at some point reach like the event horizon where they're like, we could, maybe we should just lay off so that we can hang on to some of those sin taxes. It's like VLTs where they're like, they knew that VLTs were addictive and they did marketing campaigns to like tell you that they were addictive, but they never took away the reason that they were addictive. And that was all the bells and whistles and lights and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Sean Marie G83, uh, five bucks. And this is also why they ramped up the Unsmoked Canada program during the pandemic. Uh, University gives us a buck. Tam and Henshaw haven't had meat lately, which affected their brain. Send a mistake. Huge mistake. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I think, I think a, a farmer can drop off a cow and help them out. I'm just really... I'm trying to eat my way through what's left in the freezer because we have a side of beef at the butcher shop right now. And I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make room. Listen, <laughs> we truckerdocumentary.com. We're going to be in Edmonton Thursday. Yes. I think Thursday is almost sold out Friday. There are tickets left. I think it's about halfway sold out of like also, 600. Let's, let's talk about Friday because Friday is yeah. a very affordable night. It's yeah. 12 bucks a ticket. It's at church of the vine. So you're supporting a church that is, um, you know, that has stood up for freedom. They've stood up against yeah. the government and they said, we would love to show the trucker documentary for you. So you're going to get the PG vers version there too. Cause in the other version, there's some swears, you know, I'm married to a trucker. They use some rough language. Um, but so if you want to bring the kids, this is a great affordable family night out. It's 12 bucks a ticket. And that includes refreshments. So I'm going to run across the street. I'm going to go to Costco. I'm going to get some chips. They've got a popcorn machine there. I'm going to get some pop and some waters um, because we're sort of having to turn a church into a movie theater. So truckerdocumentary.com, get your tickets for, um, for the Friday night, Friday family night out. I think, um, I think doors open at seven. We start the movie at eight or maybe, yeah, I think it's doors open at seven. We start the movie at eight. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't really see, but, um, it's a, I think it's a super affordable fri Friday family night out and we will make sure that there are no swears in the Friday night version. So if you want to bring the kids and show them what really happened, this is a great way to do it. And as a segue, the point was we will be in Edmonton. We can come eat some of your cow. Oh, I, uh, I pulled out a bunch of hamburger because I'm going to make some jerky sticks for you guys okay. to take home to, back to Calgary and you guys can share yep. them around the office there. Awesome. Perfect. Um, I think that's all. Is that everything guys yeah. in the office? I think we're all caught up. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, thank you everybody who stuck with us for that first uh, 12 minutes of technical difficulties. Um, we normally go way over on time. So um, thanks for giving it back to us this morning. Um, thanks to everybody in the office, including Olivia and Efron and all the web team um, who work really hard to put the show together every single day and make sure that there's links for you to click so you can watch us. 
Um, thank you, Adam, so much for being my co-host this Monday morning. Uh, thanks to everybody at home who pitched in a little bit of money to keep the lights on. We appreciate that. We know that inflation is crunching your families the same way it is crunching ours. And uh, we know that there are other places you could spend your money, but you choose to give it to us. So we appreciate that. And we're, we, um, we're always mindful of that. Uh, thank you to everybody else who tuned in. Um, no, I'm not here tomorrow. I'm busy at this time tomorrow, uh, but it'll be David Menzies and somebody in my place uh, tomorrow morning. And as David Menzies always says, stay sane. And there are debates and we have a, a, a culture where the difference is guns can be used for hunting or for sport shooting in Canada. And there's lots of gun owners and they're mostly law respecting and, and, and law abiding. But you can't use a gun for self-protection in Canada. That's not a right that you have in the Constitution or anywhere else. If you try and buy a gun and say it's for self-protection, no, you don't get that. You get it for hunting. You can get it for sport shooting. You can take it to the range. Uh, no problem, as long as you go through our rigorous background checks. But there's a difference around the culture. And one of the things that we're yeah. seeing with the debate in the States is you get more and more of the American-style, you know, right-to-carry, self-defense arguments filtering up through through the uh, you know the, the usual more right-wing communications channels yeah